So you have a king who has this servant who owes him 10,000 talents. A talent is the equivalent of one year's wages. This is an enormous amount of money. He says, I'm going to throw you in prison, you worthless servant. That's right. And the servant says, have pity on me and I'll pay you what, you, what I owe you. Just, just be patient with me. Have mercy. And the king just wipes the whole debt clean. Forgives all of it. Then the servant goes out and finds another and says, you owe me a hundred denarii, which is like a hundred days wages. He says, I can't pay you now, but have mercy and I'll pay you when I can. He says, not good enough, and he throws him in jail. The king finds out, and he says, I forgave you all that debt, and in return you had a, another creditor who had a tiny little debt, and you're going to hold them. So he takes the first and he throws him in prison. We are called to forgive. And this passage for me uh, just became so interesting this last couple weeks with what's happening with Greece. Germany, after the First World War, had a lot of reparations put on them and they couldn't pay their debt and they were really, really struggling. It was one of the reasons that gave rise to the Third Reich, but the Third Reich was actually voted in. And then after World War II and the calamity of that, Germany's debt, 55% of Germany's debt was just forgiven, partly by Greece. Greece was part of 20 countries that in the London Agreement in 1953 forgave 55% of the debt and restructured the rest of the debt contingent on their economic growth. Germany turns around now and says, you know, Greece, you got some debts to pay. Pay up. Can we have some debt forgiveness ourselves? Can we have more time? No. So a period of austerity would shrunk Greece's economy by 25%. Greece's debt is now 175% of their GDP, which means they can't pay it. The IMF says they can't pay it. I am not an economist, I am not a financial analyst, I am not anything. But what my question is to you is when you read the paper and when you look at things like this, does Jesus have anything to say to us about this situation? This is not a rhetorical question I have literally all day. This is a work day for me. The question is, do we, in our Christian faith, have an obligation? And it's easy to say, you know, Greece's debt was self-inflicted. They did terrible financial management in 2002. They cooked their books. They forged their books. They really did. I mean, they brought this. But the banks also knew something hinky was going on, and they kept making the loans. So they're not blameless here either. So the question is, is Jesus' teachings about forgiveness, is that something that we look at when we look at our world? 
Is this just if Phil offers me a hundred bucks and I don't pay him back on time and he forgives it and then I owe someone ten? Then he's like, wait a minute, that's that that's relevant, but governments, it's not. What do you think? Have you thought of this at all? I'm really glad I wrote it in Sandpiper because I really kind of hoped that you'd see it and then think about it before today. You had four days, folks. Does it matter? In the presidential debates, when the Catholic people are saying, you know, the Pope shouldn't talk about climate change. The Pope should keep his mouth to things that deal with morality. Well, the screwing of the planet just seems like a moral issue to me. But that's just me. So the question is, I mean, the first one's a philosophical one, and we don't have to talk about Greece at all. But the question is, does our faith matter when we go outside the interpersonal sphere? Yes. Anyone want to say no? Because if you do, we can have a great conversation. And there's, you know... Luther really had two kingdoms, okay? If you, were, if you were raised Lutheran, you should probably say, well, there's something here. Because Luther said, you've got the kingdom of heaven, you've got the kingdom of the church, and then you've got the kingdom of the world. And in the kingdom of the world, God has actually given authority to the state to basically keep people from being really terrible to each other. And so you have to obey those earthly masters, the government, your lenders, all of that stuff. So on theological grounds, if you're Lutheran, you can argue that point, and I'm happy to do that. But what do we think? The IMF thinks forgiving the debt is the only, not forgiving part of the debt and restructuring it is the only way out. Greece's population has been reduced to poverty. 40% of their kids now live in poverty. It's only going to get worse. Europe was built on debt forgiveness and restructuring of loans. We know this. Historians tell us this. Financial people tell us this. This is not in debate. Do we bring Jesus into this equation or do we just listen to economists? Does Jesus have anything to say to us outside of church? Thank you. As, but, thank you. This really is intended to be, this is, a, this is a complex idea. And I am not trying to take you any particular place, that's a lie. But I'm, I'm really open to going many different places. Loan me, if you loan me a modest amount of money and I fail to pay you, shame on me. Right. If you loan me an enormous sum of money and I fail to repay you, shame on you for your lack of wisdom in, in making such an investment. Uh, and I think 
probably some of that is at play here and some of that is reflected in faulting the IMF mm -hmm. for extending large amounts of debt to a country when there was no sound financial basis for expecting that, that the loan would be repaid. So, um, but as you, in my view, as, as you observed, there, this is a complicated problem. Um, I think Christ's teachings should inform all of us uh, to be uh, understanding of our brother's plight, uh, to be charitable. Uh, but clearly, uh, the business of the economies of the world uh, require certain discipline and certain expectations for debts being repaid. Right. And absent that, uh, world economies would collapse. Right. Uh, and so, and, and similarly, some could, could argue that uh, the U.S., with all its riches, should uh, cut our consumption by 90% and distribute our wealth to the starving folks in Africa. But I don't believe that's the right answer. I don't believe that's the way for civilization to advance. Right. So it's a complicated, a complicated issue uh, that you're raising today. And so it's a matter of how far can uh, charitable considerations, Christian uh, views of charity be extended in dealing with the problem in Greece and in Puerto Rico. Right and in Portugal and, other, and, uh, and elsewhere. So we really ought to have, I'm, an, I'm a lowly engineer, right? We are, really ought to have a financial expert like Sherm or like Al comment on this topic. Sure. Or who? Oh, Orange County bankruptcy, yeah, he's, you want to, Al wants to say a few words. Well, I, I agree with what Phil said, but I think really this gets to uh, a fundamental issue of uh, our capitalistic system. Uh, simply, it, it has many uh, incompatibilities with the teachings of Christ. And, you know, of course, one, one uh, demonstration of that is uh, the early church was certainly not a capitalistic system. It was very, um, right. you know, what's mine is yours and vice versa. And uh, until we uh, are willing to face up squarely to this incompatibility between uh, the teachings of Christ and capitalistic system, and that, hey, that's a terrible terribly complex uh, question, and I don't have a, uh, a well-thought-out and reasonable system that is an alternative to a, a capitalistic system. Uh, maybe something like the Scandinavian countries have as an improvement, but uh, uh, we, we, I think uh, none of us are seriously... The, the question of how we uh, make uh, capitalistic system and Christianity compatible 
has not honestly been addressed by anyone, uh, very few people in, in the world. I think that's true. I mean, I think it's it's often been said that capitalism is the the worst system in the world. Unfortunately, it's the best one we have. Um, and there is a difficulty in, um, in acknowledging that the teachings of Jesus and the teachings of capitalism are, as you say, often very much at cross purposes. When I went to Europe in the um, 80s, you know, every country in the European Union had its own style and its own money and its own presence. And now that they're a European Union, like we're a United States, right. I kind of feel like they should let Greece profit by forgiving some of the debt because it's worse if they don't. Plus, if you're a union, you got to suck it up when one of yours isn't doing so well. Right. Suck it up. Hi. Um, I'd like to take this discussion to this country with the enormous student loans that many young adults have right now. Banks eagerly loan students money knowing they can never discharge them in bankruptcy, and it's uh, holding many young adults back. You know, and it was interesting, Phil, because I, I don't know if you said this um, backwards or if it makes sense to me backwards, but your first statement was, I think if, if you make a loan to me, that I, a small loan that I can't repay, shame on me. But if you make a huge loan, shame on the lender. I don't know about you, but when, boy, when I got my mortgage, it was, I had to do everything but get a blood test. You know, they wanted to know where every penny was coming from. Um, I am not trying to suggest that we overturn capitalism. I'm not trying to suggest anything. What I am trying to suggest is that, as, as it's been referred here, these are really complex issues and often at crossroads with what Jesus' teachings are. And when we pretend that those crossroads don't exist, we don't do ourselves any favor. So I would like us to be a people that struggles with these issues. Because I really, truly believe whatever side you come down on, and believe me, theologically, I can argue both sides of this. I can argue both sides of this position. But I do think that if we're going to claim to be a church of Jesus Christ, we should at least refer to Jesus Christ. We should at least make reference to the fact that the man had something to say. And if we disagree with it, which we do all the time, let's be honest, none of us are biblical inerrantists here. None of us believe the words and you know is infallible, and none of us follow you know the teachings completely. I mean, I don't know how, but how many of you have polyester blend shirts, but you're not in compliance <laughs> with Scripture. Polyester blends for boating. Shame on you. Those of you that have two you know, wheat and then rye right next to each other on your beans or peas next to each other. Shame on you. That's forbidden. It's silliness. We don't listen to that kind of stuff. I thank you for this discussion. I know this is awkward. And I know this was hard. And I know it's probably not what you came here to hear. But I'm hoping that we think about our faith when we move through our lives. There are so many people who just spout things that they were told 
without thinking about them. And this is not that church. So for me, um, I tend to listen to the economists that say the only way Greece is going to get out of this is to have some forgiveness and to have restructuring of a debt that's tied to their economic growth. Because for me, economically, that's the only way that makes sense because it's the only thing that's worked in history. It led to the German miracle, economic miracle after World War II. So you can take the opposite position. They screwed up, too bad, so sad. They made their bed, they got a lie in it. But is that where we're called to be? So I thank you for the conversation. And in your own minds, think about what you think about. Don't be like, inherit the wind where I do not think about things that I do not think about. And then the response was, but do you think about the things you do think about? Sometimes we don't think about the things we supposedly think about. Let us think about the complexities of our world and, as Al said, recognize the difficulties inherent of the life we lead and the faith we claim to aspire to. And live in the struggle. And we'll make progress together. Amen.